0: Good morning, Friday Harbor. Welcome to another fun Friday edition of Adam versus the Man and the good news. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Not one, but two special Friday guests. We've got Jay Nygard, the turbine guy, live from Freedom Fest. That's right. We've got the Adam versus the Man correspondent team of one from freedom fest no cool stuff to catch up on i just found out jp sears was performing at freedom fest and now now i wish i was there that, that would have been like, be like the one duh, i got it. jp sears live i'll show up for that uh we've also got trent partner of the redacted caucus join us on the hour today we've got joey lee and jim freedom and we've got hover bikes hoverboards and that's, that's like the, I, there's, we got brainwaves being turned into sentences. We've got muscles taking microplastics out of the ocean. It is it's some deep, good news. Some, and I I had to limit it this week, but the good news that we've got left, it's, it is the best. We have the best of the best news here every Friday on Adam versus the man with that, Jim, give us the producer notes.
1: All right. You got me all excited for a Friday show. This is going to be the piece of the resistance or however you say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I butchered that.
0: Well, like we do, we could, we do good news every Friday. I don't know. Like it's, should we like rate the week for like humanity? (laughs) Like how (sighs) good was this week's worth of good news on that scale? This week's—I don't know—it's like a seven or an eight. A, you would judge for yourself. It's not like uh, we cured cancer and ended the COVID mythology, and you know, put put a man on the moon again or anything yeah. <laughs> like that. Uh, we put a penis in low Earth orbit. We put we put a giant flying bald penis. That was last. Was that last week or was that this week? Um, I, it's it's funny because it came up last Friday. And I I think Joey mentioned something about Bezos and I was like, and the richest man on earth went into outer space. And I didn't even notice that's, that's, that's the sign of how good things are. It's not that I didn't notice. Okay. Like I've been following the Branson versus Bezos versus Musk and all you like this, the whole, you know, uh, you know, private company. And they're, they're not, you know, by the way, I got to give a shout out to uh Panvidia Magnus for having me on a great panel yesterday with uh, BR hates feds that's like a screen name and Misty and Steve and uh, Jeremiah it was a really great panel about you know is Facebook or our social media companies private companies or public companies or government agencies and I'm like well yeah um, I think after what the White House just said, we can start calling it the department of Facebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a big story this week. Uh, and, and, you know, Jim, I, I got to get what well, there's uh, the first story on the stack. I don't know if you noticed um, is kind of a get it out of the way story. The new round of stimulus coming. We'll come back to that. But this panel yesterday, Panvidia Magnus hosted his uh, it's Unity or Death podcast. You can look that up, Pan, uh, Unity or Death podcast. Uh, and panvidia is pretty much how we'd expect it to be spelled. The end is D-Y-A, so pan-vid-Y-A, panvidia, Magnus, unity or death. And uh, I was sort of unsatisfied, as fun as this conversation was, with, with not having, like, a decisive outcome. Like, at what point? It's because it's, it's, it, it, it came down to sort of subjective analyses – Maybe this would be a fun comment contest for today. No, for Econ Tuesdays. Uh, but like, at what point would you say that Facebook is no longer a privately uh, or a private company? Is it at, at what point is it in the realm of public-private partnership like the Federal Reserve? Obviously, they're not literally going to become government agencies, but like fun thought exercise, if they just changed all the logos at Facebook to Department of Facebook,
2: <laughs> Department
0: of Social, Federal Department of Social Media Communications, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> but like, they wouldn't really have to change anything uh, mm-hmm. other than, I don't know, the labels and the flow of money. So I don't know where you stand on this, but the, the Federal Reserve is a really interesting one because a lot of people think of it as a government agency and a lot of sort of, I, I think, shallow thinking. You know, gold bug econ nerds, libertarians getting into it go, oh my gosh, it's a private company. And it's like, not really. It enjoys a very unique, special, privileged role in government operations that make it not a privately owned by the member banks, but it's not truly a private company. And I think the best term is public private partnership in the sense that it's a, it's worse. I mean, this doesn't just but this fails at describing how evil something is, right? Is it a government agency or or is it government-hired mercenaries that murdered those people in Iraq? It's not really what matters, is it?
1: Right. Yeah, it's happening and it's wrong. You're absolutely right, though. The argument we gotta find a way to make it common knowledge that so we can stop thinking of these companies as private entities, private organizations. Because, I mean, obviously, yeah, technically they are, or they may have started that way. But I think most of us understand that you've made the analogy of the gun being pointed at their head. You know, once a company with certain reach and certain abilities gets so big, that's when the government, of course, off the record, comes in and takes control of it. I mean, they're not – they they spend – trillions and trillions unfathomable amounts of money to maintain their power and do all the things they're doing you really think that they're not going to control the largest billion dollar social media company to control well, the flow me, of information
0: here's here's the here's the challenge though right now that i think we as 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 freedom fighters as justice activists right as libertarians we need better terminology to, to discuss these things and what i would point out this is the point i made in the in the panel yesterday they're like when i create adam versus the man llc so that i can have a bank account and pay less taxes because what we're doing here is business expenses now i was something we're working on uh joey and i joey ceo is going to be joining us in just a second here uh excuse me the um uh, entity adam versus the man llc is a government created entity and you know in the sense that i mean i i like the thing i created I, I went to the government machine and put the, <laughs> push these buttons and it gave me a slip of paper you know i i created it with the government licensing mach- machine bureaucracy blah blah but it, uh jeremiah was making the point it's a legitimate one that like this is technically as a corporation. It is a state-created entity with special privileges. But me doing that is a good thing. I'm doing it to pay less in taxes and, yes, to get access to a corrupt system that I'd rather avoid entirely. Uh, I mean, if we could do this whole business on, on crypto, I would be happy to completely abandon everything connected to the dollar. Uh, but, you know, we get money from YouTube, as, as, a tri- as much of a trickle as it is uh, in dollars and Patreon and U.S. dollars. Um, You know, crypto donations still don't measure up to that trickle yet, unfortunately. Uh, Maybe historically overall for me, they do, but (laughs) not right now. And as long as we're doing it for good, then you can't say, well, Adam, you're a corporate entity and therefore you're evil. Like, no, that doesn't cut it. But if you say it's government granted privileges, well, I am claiming this privilege of tax exempt or not tax exempt, but, you know, like of, of of corporate, you know, uh, economic organization privileges, but it's not the same as I'm now turning around and affecting government policy and taking, you know, billions and subsidies and blah, 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 blah. But I vote or I, I'm a political, I don't vote because I'm a felon, right? I vote in California where it doesn't matter. Uh, but like if, if I'm, uh, I mean you, you see you see that the challenge here right but like I'm exerc- I'm ex- exerting political influence and I'm getting government benefit so that's not that's not enough to say like what is the evil of Facebook at what point does it become in the realm of public private partnership like the federal reserve as opposed to a private company or just another corporation that benefits from privilege so there's a spectrum on a bunch of different dynamics connected to this but we, I maybe at that worst end of the spectrum of private companies being involved with government, we need some other terminology. And I didn't really get that out of the panel yesterday. Maybe we'll come back
1: to this next week when we get to serious news. Fuck me, I ruined Good
0: News Friday already. Jim, do the promos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, yeah, let's wash our brains of all that negativity and do some promos. T.me forward slash Adam versus man will show you just how – pleasantly relatively short the link list is today of on our good news compared to every other day that we've had this week we got a a, a relatively short list of links so we're lo- most likely going to get through all of them if you'd like to follow along you can do so at t.me forward slash adam versus man public telegram channel if you want to help us out financially help the show you can go to patreon.com forward slash adam versus Man. we have one five ten even fifty dollars a month packages a month will get you access to what's called the Private Producers Club, which is where we put links together for the show and decide what we're going to talk about. So if you have something amazing news that you want on next Friday's show, you get access to the Private Producers Club. Put a link for it in there, and there's a high chance that Adam's going to show it on next week's show or whatever week you end up putting it in there. So definitely take advantage of that. Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom is waiting on new pictures. As you know, Adam has been doing a special from Friday Harbor all week long. So he hasn't been putting many pictures up, but he's going to be putting up a bunch of them soon. So check out Instagram at the Garden of Freedom for all your visual stimulation of life up there in Gardenia. Next, homefrontbattlebuddies.com, the best veterans nonprofit organization doing retreats. For the veterans, all of your donations at this website are tax deductible. Uh, excuse me, are theft deductible? If that's a thing, so definitely take advantage of that. Next, we go to the 6.com The Keen, tr- the. The Keene Church. The Bitcoin church that was rated in Keen is uh, associated with this website, the com. You can donate the cryptocurrencies to help them with their legal funds. You can write to Mr. Nobody who's still in a cage on through his top button right here. He would definitely appreciate that as anyone would. And lastly, our guest today is gonna is from gogreenenergyonline.com Mr. Nygard runs this website, he's gonna be a guest today at Freedom Fest. Uh, if you want to know more about solar panels, micro wind power, zero energy homes, things like that, going off grid, no matter where you live, go to gogreenenergyonline.com to educate yourself and do it right. That's all we got today. Thank you very much. We're going to uh, switch today by playing a video and then pulling everybody up at the same time.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's get everybody on screen here for a second, because uh, Jim might have some some comments on this <laughs> story. Uh, but yeah, getting back to the good news, I mean, Joey, you sent me this. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show, by the way, dear. Um, looking good. I'm sorry to put
1: you up while you're on your phone right there. <laughs> I was just clicking buttons, and you were like, <laughs>
2: oh, "Oh my!" Well, I just got an email from McAfee antivirus. That says um, because of John McAfee's death, that they are not willing to charge our customers this year for their auto renewal. So apparently anybody on auto renewal with McAfee is getting free auto renewal this year.
3: Huh.
0: That's uh, what I was
2: staring at. Pretty interesting,
0: right? that's, that's really interesting because I don't... I mean, John has mainly talked shit about the company with his name on it since he sold his main share, uh, <laughs> right? And, I don't know. Like, it, this
2: looks suspect. It might be some spam mail too. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. Weird.
0: That's well. They're not asking you to click anything. They're just saying, "Don't pay your auto renewal" or "Don't expect yeah. a bill." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, if honestly, like if that, that's a small thing to say. Like. Thank you for whatever to to his customers to i I maybe it's some way there whoever's in charge of McAfee antivirus now still harbors a little s- sentimentality for their namesake that's that or could be just or
1: crazy. they're paying lip service just trying to get some customers that you know so surely people are going to tell that to their friends and somebody's gonna say, oh I'm gonna switch antivirus wear because they're mm-hmm. t- doing good for my friend. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. It, was it was probably that was probably factored in that there'll be some benefit, but even then, they, they chose this for the tone of their ads uh, or whatever that is. That, that's and, and remember, Mac, I mean, I think I, they could have they could have pretended like he never existed, yeah. You know, I think he it's at least it, 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 at least they built in a nod. I mean, even being as cynical as possible. They chose this. Um, and there's actually, like, I mean, for them, because they are McAfee antivirus, probably little risk for them, as opposed to just, like, you know, if, if Bill Gates and Microsoft came out and said, remember John McAfee, like, you know, or Google at, like, <laughs> Google.com. I mean, think about it. Google.com, if, if McAfee had not gone... Uh, gone rogue, you know, to the system over over his post-tech mogul, you know, life. Uh, it would have been entirely appropriate for Google.com to do a little memorial for him at their homepage, right? I mean, maybe, maybe they, maybe not. You know, they do holidays, they do, you know, th- internet quirky things, right? They do like things that are uh, celebrating the history and the culture of the internet itself, right? Am I am always promoting something? something but good, it's, uh, well yeah and, and yeah. a lot of it's like politically correct shit <laughs> but a lot of it's just random fun cultural things they'll change the graphic at google.com i mean you can look this up and see the history like it would be appropriate for them to do something hey remember the the guy who gave us large-scale antivirus software <laughs> let's let's remember that guy he passed right and they don't but they won't because because it's like they don't, oh, don't associate
2: shit. with cocaine and hookers and like let's be real who doesn't <laughs> love cocaine and hookers? I mean, <laughs> that's what's going on. Google's being cocaine and hookerist. Is
0: that is that, a word uh, that? No, well, I don't know if you look at the history of the guys behind Google, there were there was a lot of cocaine hookers involved. I
2: believe it, <laughs> and, and, and I'm taking back to your discussion with Bethany. They just don't want to make it about- public. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm taking back to your, to your discussion yesterday with Bethany about don't worry about who you associate with. But like that's that's corporate America, man. That's that's the reality <laughs> of it. You know, they can help people behind the scenes. They won't associate publicly because of whatever image issue there is.
0: Well, I'm, I just remember seeing an Eric Schmidt, uh, who was who was the, the business guy. You know, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, Eric Schmidt as the uh, the, the, the early Google team. And uh, let's see, where is everyone? Are we missing our audience today? I think Friday we're
2: sleeping in, right?
0: Yeah, no. We're just getting shadow, are we getting shadow banned on the next slide? Are they like denying our numbers again somewhere? It's 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 interesting. We get, well, a lot of what happens, by the way, we just get blocked and people just go, oh, he's not on the air today. And it's like, no, we're, we're still here. We're still here somewhere. Uh, But anyway, this is one of the things that came up on the panel yesterday talking about the evils of mainstream social media with Facebook, Amazon, Google. We looked at them with Pan Video's guidance through those three lenses. And one of the things that I, I discovered separately on my own recently and kind of, you know, I think there was an article on Drudge linked to. No, it was. I can't remember where this was. But uh, basically, every bootstrap billionaire story is bullshit. Um, it's, it, 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 everyone has some, like, you no, know, you had some leg up from the super class. Uh, you know, you look at the inve- early investors in Facebook. You know, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't just some whiz kid who figured out some technology and built the big social media company. How did they kill MySpace? You know, for those of us who are old enough to remember MySpace... There used to be two big social media websites.
2: And there was space.
0: one, right? MySpace. Mm-hmm. Tom was everybody's first friend. Remember I was friends with Tom? You oh. Tom? Oh. Everybody was friends oh. with Tom. Murray. Yeah, I'm so big Facebook. Big. How did Facebook become that dominant force? Well, it was investment, some of which came from the CIA. In QTEL, no shit. And, of course, Peter Thiel, and you know, the, that, that crowd of investors. Uh, Mark or uh, Jeff Bezos with uh, Amazon started in his basement or started in his garage, right? And then at the critical time, got a quarter million dollar business investment from one of his parents. And Bill Gates, Microsoft, why did he get to be the dominant operating system guy his mother was head of a board somewhere where they allocated, uh, again, I think it was like a quarter million dollars to have them build the first major operating system. And then, holy shit, Elon Musk, how much money does that guy get from government? You know, it, it really is obscene. You mean from us? How much money does he
2: get from us?
0: Um, oh yes, how much how much do we stuff as taxpayers and, and American consumers with a gun to our heads, how much are we forced to subsidize Elon Musk? Now I still love Elon Musk. I love that he exists. you know I love, that there's someone of of it because he's not an idiot. You can't say he's just some criminal asshole idiot. I mean, at at worst, he's an evil genius developing amazing technologies to serve humanity. And and, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, you know, maybe he's doing the best he can to play the system as it is, but that he could, and, and maybe he's just sort of blind to certain things that we'd like him to be woke to. Okay, big deal. But it, it, to think that he's he's the pro- a product of the market uh, is a fantasy, and the market would produce much more competition. And instead of having these three, you know, billionaire assholes competing with each other with their penis rockets, maybe we'd have you know a, a team of of all star hero tech pioneers who we know is competing to do the next big thing and competing for market investment funds as opposed to government handouts and you go wow you know like these guys really are keeping us from a better world by doing what they're doing because they don't maybe maybe it's intentional you know maybe it's not but when when they're spending billions or, or or even just look at like the things like like the super yachts I, I don't know what those three guys own, mm-hmm. like but there's how many super yachts are there out there that cost tens of millions of dollars. And that's some rich asshole saying, you know, it's more important for me to have this than invested in solving any of the world's major problems, alleviating human suffering or, or challenging political roadblocks or de-escalating you know, massive world conflicts uh and and there is a certain that, that that's that I, I don't want to call it greed uh because it that that's an imprecise term oversimplified but it's and and, and unnecessarily demonizes these people because they're not necessarily better or I, worse than any of you us have
2: to imagine that they aren't stepping up though because they think the government's going to take care of it they know the system um, it is what it is and if that didn't exist and they thought, look, I'm the only one, like, I've got all these resources and I'm, I'm the only one who can fix this problem. Maybe they would be more motivated to do so.
0: Or, you know, they're afraid that if they step out of line, they're going to lose their opportunity to be who they are and do any significant good whatsoever. You know, it's like,
2: like, meme. like, there's X amount of million billionaires in this world and nobody's gone Batman or Iron Man yet. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, really yeah.
0: Absolutely yeah absolutely. I was I just going to say that. that. <laughs> yes, yes. <clears throat> no, Come on, guys. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that really does speak that's a great insight to human nature and the nature of wealth. You know. Anyway, I want to cover at least one story before we get to our guests, the thing about the stimulus checks, because we do want to do our journalistic responsibility with Adam versus the man. You will not be missing out. At least if you're if you're an American, if you're one of our privileged citizens of the empire, uh, we're not we're gonna make sure you don't miss out on any critical stories or opportunities. And this headline from CNBC says another 2.2 million stimulus checks have gone out. Here's who received the payments. Now it sounds like a lot. It's actually not a lot compared to how many went out before. And what we're talking about here is a follow-up. So um, it, it probably doesn't apply to you. This is this is basically a continuation of the old $1,400 stimulus checks program. Um, the latest batch brings the total number of payments dispersed to more than 171 million with an aggregate value of $400 billion. That's why price inflation is out of control right now. Um, but this is basically the latest tranche, about 1.3 million of the payments with a value of about $2.6 billion. Like $2.6 billion go out to the American people. I just got that. $400 million went out earlier this year. Chump change some change uh but this was eligible individuals from the irs previously did not have information to issue a stimulus check but who recently filed a tax return so it probably not you um not something to get in on as far as i understand um but it is worth it as a reminder to everybody if you did not get a fourteen hundred dollar stimulus check you might want to consult with an expert on that and look into if you're eligible and if it's worth doing something to get your little piece of the handouts. Aunt Rawls and I volunteer to be the next government appointed billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, am yeah, your you, yeah. aunt. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get to as a, um, I guess, Joey, any uh, any comment contest for today for
2: I'm so I'm just getting like Centered and settled from being off the road. So no, I don't have a comment contest. I got back to Gardenia just before it started pouring rain. So thank you universe for that. The van looks beautiful. And uh, then I slept after laying in a cuddle puddle with the puppies. So comment contest. I, I really don't have one.
0: I don't. How about and, what and you're what you're doing this weekend to uh, to celebrate how vaccinated and unmasked we can be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how are you celebrating your unvaccination this weekend
0: yeah. yeah yeah we're gonna celebrate your freedom it's it's july it's still independence month yeah we can you know, we can play summer patriots okay with that couple quick news stories before we get to our guest jay nygaard is going to be joining us in just a couple minutes let's see do we have him do we have him backstage um, all right. So, Jay, we'll get you to you in just a minute, but I have two cool human optimization stories before we get to the hoverboards. This from goodnewsnetwork.org paralyzed man's brain waves get turned into sentences on computer scientists thrilled beyond words. Researchers at UC San Francisco have successfully developed a speech neuroprosthetic thesis that has enabled a man with severe paralysis to communicate in sentences, translating signals from his brain to the vocal tract directly into words that appear as text on a screen. The achievement builds on more than a decade of effort by UCSF neurosurgeon Edward Chang to develop a technology that allows people with paralysis to communicate, even if they are unable to speak on their own. Oh my, yeah. Yeah yeah we're there um and the next story here just another good brain news and this is this is so exciting do you like your brain do you care about your brain all the ways that we are better able to manage them it's not all just about drugs and breathing methods and meditation and yoga and working out okay sometimes it's high-tech shit too from also goodnewsnetwork.org chemists find breakthrough treatment for alzheimer's and parkinson's that protect brain cells from amyloid plaque. And if you've never heard of amyloid plaque, that's okay. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's are diseases of the brain in which gradual degeneration of neurons leads to loss of speech, memory, and thinking. Existing remedies are aimed only at suppressing symptoms but cannot stop the process of neurodegeneration itself. Now, Russian scientists. It's the Russians that synthesized chemical compounds that can stop the degeneration of neurons in Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other severe brain pathologies. So yeah, uh, just basic understanding of the neurochemistry is allowing us to do incredible things in extending the uh, functional lifespan of our brains. Whoosh! WTF? Hook someone up to the machine, then read their thoughts. Yeah, like I—that's well, no. No, 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 no. Because what they, uh, this machine at least now, so you could get to that, and that's where this is going, and that is a scary possibility. But for that, what the, the story we covered before, it was in between the brain and the vocal cords, the channel that was being intercepted. So that you, you, if, if it's hooked up to you, have to you, you still control it as if you would control your voice box and have that. I mean. Do we slip and say things we don't mean to sometimes? Yeah, all the time. Uh, but no, we could be getting that. I mean, you move the sensor from between the brain to the voice box, it's a different signal too. So it, your brain has to consciously articulate and and send to this this device. But yeah, I'm sure there are just, a, I mean, who knows what the, what DARPA's actually got that they're working on in secret. All right, and with that, let's get to our first guest today, Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Nygard, the turbine guy of Go Green Energy Online, joins us for an exclusive update from the Floor of Freedom Fest. Jay, good morning, sir.
3: Hey, how are y'all doing out there? Yeah, we've been here a couple of days, and I'm in the exhibition hall today. And look at this right behind me. I got the Libertarian booth. I went over and uh talked to Sheriff Ron yesterday and made a video about uh his belief in the Constitution and how he stands up against the COVID stuff. You know, and I got a bunch of videos like that out there. I actually did one where we uh, we uh, went to different breakout sessions, five in an hour, just to show you what that's like. But mm. now I'm kind of giving you a feel right now for what the exhibition hall is like. Nice. So where what's the venue this year? Uh, we are in Rapid City, South Dakota at the Rushmore Civic Center. And, I mean, it's just a wonderful spot to be right now. You know why? A- because there is mostly –
0: go ahead. No, this is a major shift from them being, I, I believe, at the uh, – oh, I forget the name of the casino, but in Vegas. Uh, what's the one next to the Parisian they're always at? It's, uh, it's, it's almost become a, a part of Freedom Fest itself that they're at that venue year after year.
3: Yeah, well, you know, and it was supposed to be in Vegas this year, just like last year. But they didn't want to reward Vegas for closing down last year. So they came to South Dakota where they didn't have any lockdowns. So this is kind of a protest. Now, next year, it's going to be at the Mirage in Vegas again. And I'm trying to work my way into being a speaker and talk about uh, 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 fighting the government and all that. So we'll see how that goes. But right now, I think I kind of came over and look where I am. I found the Mises Boots and there's no one here. So I'm going to commit a little bit of anarchy and I'm going to jump right in the booth and I'm going to use this all for myself.
0: What do you think? Nice, nice. (laughs) Representing the Mises Caucus, Jay Nygaard at Freedom Fest. Well, Jay, uh, aside from the the superficial stuff, uh, you know, about the venue, what what are you noticing uh, about the movement this year? I I mean, I, I especially am curious, you know, about the sentiment about COVID other than like, hey, we're taking a stand where we can. Uh, Because it it seems the movement is split on, should we be more scared than ever right now? Or should we fight harder than ever right now? Or vote?
3: You know, that's a great question because of course, during this conference, COVID is pervading everything. You know, every speaker has something to say about it. And, you know, I I made a bunch of videos. I got J.P. Sears when he did his monologue. I got Larry Elder from last night. Uh, We got Dave Smith. We got all kinds of fun little videos. And these people, like I said, are all commenting on it. And even the speakers that I haven't recorded have, have come out and recognized and outright called out that we are in the 10th step right now of being taken over and that that is when you remove all laws and you lock people down. And the crazy thing is, the people here have such a hard time understanding how everybody else could have gone along with this stuff, how, how easy it was for it to happen to everybody, and how hard it's going to be to fight
0: and get it back. Yeah. So what is, I mean is, there a prevailing sentiment? Uh, what's what's the range of opinions? I mean, do you, do you is there anybody at Freedom Fest who endorses the general official COVID mythology at this point?
3: Um, my answer to that would pretty much be no. Okay. Uh, th- th- it's a prevailing thought that we've all been scammed, that it's been specifically in order to take away our rights and to remove liberty and continue down the path that that's really been established probably probably since 9-11 uh, when all of a sudden we got all these new laws that we're gonna continue down that path of turning this this country into something they can control.
0: Hmm. Well, then what's the other range of opinions? Because I, I, it, it seems kind of like similar, it's funny you mentioned 9-11. It, among people whose opinions I respect, nobody says the government told the complete truth about 9-11 and was honest from the beginning and the 9-11 commission report is gospel. You know, we, we all understand it's it's something removed from that, but then there's divergence, right? And 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 go, you know, the all sorts of different theories, Um uh, and even the lab leak theory, which it's very interesting to see how over the last you know year maybe the the Wuhan or year and a half really the whole time the Wuhan lab leak theory, well, it first went from well, you can mention it to know that's crazy, fringe, that's not it, to now it's back, thanks to Jon Stewart, like making it acceptable to talk about again. Uh, what, what, what are the other ranges of, of opinions on, on what what's happening?
3: There really aren't a lot of ranges here. you got to remember the title of this one is Freedom Fest. So it's, a tra- <laughs> it's attracting people who are frustrated that their freedoms are taken away, that you're ordered to stay in a house, that that, that someone has declared you non-essential. Okay, there's a lot of reasons why people are here. And and, and it's a frustration that's boiling up. And I gotta tell you, if you had to boil it down to a a couple of words, it'd be skepticism of the government, is the main theme here. Everybody's distrustful of what's going on. You know what, it doesn't care which party, if it's left or right. And, And you know, to me, They're the same thing. I mean, why the heck did years ago the Republicans decide, well, we'll give up our blue color and we'll turn red? Okay. I mean, why would they be working with the other side if they're not working with the other side? And that's the problem. You know, a lot of the talk here, too, is about how we have to start with grassroots. How We've got to get the people organized, start at your local city councils and your school boards and start getting people into those positions and, and work our way up so that we can seriously affect change you know because getting behind one libertarian that wins one spot somewhere just isn't going to do anything and unfortunately they might have every chance of being co-opted too once they get there so it's it's got the theme is we got to all work together it's got to be a grassroots movement we got to stop the government and the government means the whole government
0: so I, i i challenge this sometimes strategically is that maybe the drive to local activism or decentralized or disparate things outside of the Libertarian Party, perhaps. Maybe if it was all within the Libertarian Party, there'd be some synergistic effect. But that maybe that emphasis is a deliberate subterfuge because they want to keep us divided and conquered to keep us from having a unified Libertarian moment. And it, it should never be centered on one person or dependent on one person, but maybe there's an opportunity for a single branding or a day or a moment or an idea in time where it's like, no, it has to be this now because I I get the sense that, that we, I mean, Only less than half the population is vaccinated, even according to the authorities right now. And I know that number is not going to be underreported. That's an exaggeration, if anything. And we are speaking for the majority of people here who don't buy the bullshit enough to go and get vaccinated. And I know this that's simplifying it. There are some people out there who want it and can't get it. And there are some people who have been bullied into getting it or lied to. I mean, since they have all been lied to in order to get it. And a lot of them regret it now. A lot of people who have had adverse effects, who have seen family members die uh, with vaccine complications so it's kind of like we're we're just waiting for someone to step up and say what everybody is thinking and is afraid to say in such a way that everybody is able to take some action where we put our foot down and say we're not going to do it this way anymore yeah,
3: you know, and it was really funny I think it was J.P. Sears who uh, said at one point Okay, raise your hand if you've been vaccinated And it was hilarious because There were people in the crowd who kind of did this They put it up, because they knew they were But they didn't want to show everybody that, that that they had capitulated ba- basically. How many do you think it was? Uh, it was probably about 15-20% to 20% of the crowd Okay, and yeah, we, that's, we about, the big what, that's
0: about guess there Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, you know, there very well could have been more. But, you know, (laughs) listening to people like J.P. Sears in his monologue, they definitely get into a lot of this stuff. That's why I'm encouraging people to watch my videos, because you can be here without being here. Uh, The video I haven't put together yet. I did an interview with Sheriff Ron out of Washington, who stood up for his people against uh, against his governor for gun rights, as as well as COVID restrictions. Okay, Mm -hmm. and his attitude is, look, when you're given a law that violates the Constitution, you have a duty as a sheriff to follow the Constitution. And he said, I don't answer to the governor. I don't answer to the mayor. I answer to the people. And we're the only ones who do. So we have to be respectful and responsive to what they want. And, and I guess Sheriff Mac's going to be here later. And, you know, I got my media pass, right? Nice. So, I'm going to be going. I'm going to do <laughs> an interview with Sheriff Mack, too. So, I, I'm posting a lot of fun stuff, but the one you really got to watch is Larry Elder. If you live in mm. California and you watch his video from last night and don't vote for him, we probably have to do an intervention. And All I know well, he's going to be running for governor.
0: You're talking about Larry Elder running for governor of California in the recall election, correct?
3: Correct. And he is, le- they're trying to keep him out on technicalities. Have you heard this story?
0: Yes. The, the Trump- I, 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 I want to ask you a, 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 a basic question more about this first, because uh, the Libertarian Party does have a champion in this race. As I understand, it. Larry Elder is running as a Republican. We have uh, Jeff Hewitt, Riverside County Supervisor, highest elected Libertarian in the country, uh, running for governor as well. Uh, how do you think he compares to Larry? Uh,
3: you know, I, I think, like I said, Larry's a Republican, and Larry's going to do things in a more Republican manner. Of course, you know, I, I like the Libertarian candidate out there more, but given just the cliff that California has fallen off of, and the fact that our country is so tied to it that we get to go off the cliff with them it's a point to me where you've got to stand up and make sure that you you right the wrong or at least break the pattern and you know i'm not a big fan of trump in a lot of ways but one thing trump did do is not start a foreign war the first president i think since gerald ford that didn't start a foreign war you've got to give him credit for breaking that pattern okay maybe now Uh, Who knows? Biden wants to attack everybody. But maybe somehow we'll be able to stop him. But the point is, in California, you really do have a hard choice. And while to me it would be worth voting for the libertarian, I just know Larry has a chance to win. And like I said, if you listen to Larry, he talks statistics, he talks kids, he, he talks protecting them. And that's what we need to do, because the problem that we all know is right now, these kids are getting indoctrinated. For, I mean, heck, they, they want them to be going to school from the age of three, you know, and and, and it's ridiculous. We got to let parents develop our kids, not the schools. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that's really important to Larry.
0: Well, I, I do have two other friends in the California gubernatorial race right now, oddly enough. <laughs> uh, my friend Nicholas Wildstar. Uh, who's also running as a Republican, but a very, very libertarian Republican, an actual libertarian Republican, and then a uh, Marinelli with the California Independence Project or uh, Independent California, who works with me on CalExit Congress. And there is a there is a drive to have California just actually drop off into the ocean without the rest of without taking the rest of us with it. Uh, but it would be good. For uh, everybody in California, both from a liberal and a conservative and a libertarian perspective, if California was not tied to the rest of the country through the federal government. But that's a fun sidebar. I want to get back to Freedom Fest. And, and you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to be watching your video with J.P. Sears. I'm, I've been a fan of him for a long time. But I, I want you to talk for a minute about, you know, what, what hopeful, positive sentiment you're getting a sense of there. If, i mean there's always some right
3: uh, yeah no and, and there's a lot uh, one of my videos uh was with a young kid out of ohio r- running a clean energy deal and their booth is actually r- right next to uh, us here it's a conservation coalition and he has a ton conservation coalition anybody right. there we go wants to go see these people are worth looking up um they're about practical solutions to practical problems and, and moving things together forward as a group. But the biggest thing that I got out of it in a free market manner, okay? Not having the government doing it, letting the market solve these problems. And what I loved was how young he was and how much energy he had. And he's not the only person or let's just say kid. I, I, I'm old now. So he's yeah. not the only kid around here with a lot of energy, a lot of liberty-minded freedom things. And a lot of positivity that, hey, we're going to go forward and we can accomplish things. So Mm. this is the biggest freedom fest they have ever had. And we all know why, because of the lack of freedom. And it's in Mm. South Dakota. It's not near a population center. Okay? I mean, it was great for me because I just had to drive over from Minneapolis. And if it was in (laughs) Vegas, it would have been a lot harder. But, you know, this is in the middle of nowhere. And it's packed right now. I I guess the only real drawback for most people is now we're probably all on the federal watch list, right? And we're all being monitored. (laughs) And and maybe some of the people who fly in get to the airport and say, no, you don't get on an airplane and they don't get to fly home. Who knows? You know, but
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, that that
3: happened to my son Kaler at one point. Yeah, we saw you on stage
0: without a mask. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Well,
3: there's not much mask wearing around here. Trust me on that. It was really funny when the uh, governor, uh, uh, Chrissy noble is that yeah. it? Yeah. She got up and she, she was uh, talking about how proud she is and, and how much she's done and how she never locked down and what a free state this is. And then Scott Horton got up afterwards and corrected her and said, yeah, yeah but you're fighting medical marijuana. You're fighting opioids. Yeah. You're fighting all this stuff that our veterans need. Oh, Scott!
0: That's I'm so glad he had that opportunity. I wish I could have been there for that.
3: Yeah. Oh, it it was great. He did a great job. And then as well, yesterday he he was in a little discussion up on stage, and it it was about uh, can can the U.S. uh, save? uh, Yeah, Scott Horton. But can the U.S. uh, uh, save fundamental uh, Muslims or whatever? And, And yeah, and we had one lady who kept arguing that we've got the American hegemony going around the world here and we have to keep it going in order to keep it. And you got Scott going, oh, are you nuts? How can we sit here and lecture the world when we're standing in a pool of their blood? You know, and it was really fun because they both got emotional at one point. And, and it's not like, someone, not like someone had to get between them, but they did both get emotional at one point and uh, and go go at it a little bit. But you know, I can see her point from 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 a person. I can see her perspective, and she does have some valid points. But I completely agree when you got Scott saying, look, we're the most prosperous country in the world, okay, and we can't fix the world. So nobody's going to ever be able to. It's like, you know, maybe it's time that we come home and rethink what's going on and lead by example.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can disagree with there is the framing of the we of it but at some point, collective responsibility and, and, and uh, shame and guilt uh, is very appropriate in acknowledging what's happened there. Uh, Jay, a- any final thoughts before we let you get back to the action? Um, I highly recommend this for, for somebody
3: next year. Uh, absolutely. There's a lot of great people here, and there's a good energy that, that, that gets inside and, you, and know, you get rejuvenated yourself. And some of these videos I'm doing are just so much fun because of who the people are. I mean, my God, a constitutional sheriff that I get to sit there and ask questions to, you know, what do you think? Do you agree with my opinion, sir? That kind of thing. And, I'm not a yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's why you should be here right now, Adam, because you could be asking him, well, why, why do I need a driver's license? Uh, you know, uh, So there's great stuff you could do. But uh, like I said, go to my Turbine Guy channel on YouTube. And that's where all these videos are getting posted. kaylor has got a couple on his. What's the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, it's just my name, Kayler. Nygaard. Nygaard. K-A-H-L-E-R Nygaard. Go to his YouTube channel. He's posting a few himself. The majority are on mine. But you're really going to get get a good feel of what's going on around here. Maybe, maybe you'll get a little of the positivity yourself.
0: So I'm already doing that, man. I appreciate it. I'm, we'll get those links in the Producers Club up later t.me, or sorry, the public telegram channel, t.me slash Adam versus the man. Jay Kaler, Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. Awesome, awesome. All right, back to some good news before we get to our next guest in just a few minutes here. Studyfinds.org. I meant to do this with the other brain optimization stories. Too much coffee can cause your brain to shrink. Raise risk of dementia by 53%. Now I've been you know covering these stories. Caffeine is good for this, uh caffeine is good for that, and and it always is like moderation. I know for me that I, you know, I have a limit at which point I get jittery, I get it uncomfortable, it messes with my stomach. But I do a caffeine supplement every day, uh that, that I find is just a, a a positive metabolic boost in the middle of the day. I try to take it before I work out, you know, that kind of thing. But here's the limit. And this is good, just practical shit worth knowing. That morning cup of Joe may be just what you need to jumpstart your work day and sharpen your mind. But if you find yourself repeatedly heading over to the coffee pot for refills, you may be actually putting your brain health at risk. Too much coffee can increase risk of dementia, warns a new study. Drinking six or more cups a day is a lot was linked with a 53% increased risk of dementia and made stroke more likely too that's a lot holy shit now six cups a day sounds like a lot to me as someone who like you know i i, I my daily caffeine supplement that's, i think the equivalent of of two cups of coffee uh so having six of those is like it's it's not that much. And there are a lot of just and caffeine is very, very addictive. So I I, I want to share this as a warning to the audience. For those of you I, I've seen this, you get into a regular coffee drinking habit, you have access to it in your office, you're sitting down all day or in your place of work at a, in, in in an auto shop, even places like that. If you got a coffee machine and you're just like, Oh, I just I just drink coffee all day while I'm at work. It could be really fucking you up. Aside from the fact, uh, short term, all the ways of keeping your metabolism artificially over revved like that can be damaging, uh, dehydration, things like that. Uh, but a fifty three percent increased risk of dementia. That's crazy. The study conducted at the Australian Center for Precision Health at the South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute. Is the largest of its kind based on 17,702 participants aged 30 to 37. So they're looking at, you know, relatively young, healthy people. Uh, Coffee, and there's a quote she has here in the story coffee is among the most popular drinks in the world, yet with global consumption being more than 9 billion kilograms a year. It's critical that we understand any potential health implications. This is the most extensive investigation. Into the connections between coffee, brain volume measurements, the risk of dementia, and the risks of stroke. It's also the largest study to consider volumetric brain imaging data and a wide range of confounding factors. Accounting for all possible permutations, <clears throat> we consistently found that higher coffee consumption was significantly associated with reduced brain volume. Essentially, drinking more than six cups of coffee a day may be putting you at risk of brain diseases such as dementia and stroke. Now, see what I want to find out is where's, where's that diminishing returns, right? Like, okay, one cup a day, two cups a day, okay, six cups a day, that's gonna be bad. Um, dementia is, so th- there's some practical advice in here. Dementia is a degenerative brain condition that affects memory, thinking, behavior, and the ability to perform everyday tasks. About 50 million people diagnosed worldwide, according to the CDC, not that they're a reliable source, about 5 million senior Americans suffer from dementia. The figure is expected to balloon to 14 million by 2060, according to the CDC. This research, so uh, back to senior investigator here, uh, Alina Hipponin. This research provides vital insights about heavy coffee consumption and brain health, but as with many things in life, moderation is the key, together with other genetic evidence, and randomized controlled trial. These data strongly suggest that high coffee consumption can adversely affect brain health. While the exact mechanisms are not known, one simple thing we can do is to keep hydrated and remember to drink a little, uh, a bit of water alongside that cup of coffee. <clears throat> she has typical daily coffee consumption is somewhere between one and two standard cups of coffee of course, whole while unit measures can vary. A whole cup of coffee a day is generally fine. However, if you're finding that your coffee consumption is heading up toward more than six cups a day, it's about time you rethink your next drink. And I would—I mean, to me, this is sort of like practical stuff. Just we're seeing backed up by science because you, you think about this, you can tell like I when people are coffee addicts. I mean, it's a stereotype that we make fun of. Cause we think of it as benign and it's legal, but I mean, I mean you know, there's, there's sort of the, the, the trope of the, you know, uh, hyperactive woman who's neurotic and drinks coffee all day long. Well, like the, the, yeah, it's act, it's it, it's not her personality and she's just revving up with this safe legal drug. She's overdoing it to the point where now we see it's actually shrinking her brain and probably making her act in ways that that aren't, uh, you know, her her best self, to say the least. So uh, be aware, be cautious, be conscientious of everything you put in your body. All right, before we get to Trent, we have the fun. We're gonna get to the fun uh, hoverboard stories. So let's let's get to. That. We got a video. Um, no, not for this one. So the first story here is from GoodNewsNetwork.org. Watch Filipino inventor fly his hoverboard for two miles, setting world record for longest flight. And in this case, it, it looks like it's an octocopter, not a quadcopter. A platform that this dude is standing on. Uh, his name is, his first name is spelled K-Y-X-Z, Kix, I, I guess. Um, Mendiola launched his personal aircraft called the Concepto Millennia from a beach and flew for seven minutes and 22 seconds, a distance of 1.79 miles. Footage stock shot in Zambales province on July 10th shows the Filipino, who is a drone and flying car enthusiast lighting 30 feet above the ground over water in fishing boats while the water rippled below. Uh, I, I mean, just... This is amazing. Uh, the last version of this, by the way, the Guinness Book of World Records as 2016, set by freshman Frankie Zapata jet-powered po- jet hoverboard 2.25 kilometers, which is a lot less, but it's and it's not the stretch. It's that he's doing it with a battery powered. I I, I don't know what's what's the word for. Uh, it's not a drone, right? Because it's it's manned, uh, but for a device with with a, a a platform of multiple propellers facing down. It's not quadcopter because it's not a quad anymore. This one's an octocopter. Uh, but it's it's like now that this is this is one of those things where. I'm super excited about the technology because I, even though this is super suppressed right now, when it gets out like this, when I can cover this on my show and be like, oh, watch the video, it's only a matter of time before people go, I want that, make it happen. I don't think it's going to be this form. Uh, Patrick Lewis says, if he falls, he drowns. Oh no, I'm drinking sure kick, kick out of that and swim. But um, yeah, uh, Pretty exciting technology here. But here's the next story related to this. Jim, you're going to want to pull up the next video, uh, and then we'll get to our guest. From the Eurasian Times, uh, EurasianTimes.com, meet Speeder, the flying motorbikes U.S. Marines could use in future for special operations. Yeah. Uh, In the near future, the U.S. Marines could ride flying motorbikes capable of moving at a speed of about 500 kilometers per hour. I know that's less than miles, but it's still a lot. California-based jetpack aviation has successfully flight-tested a prototype of its flying motorbike, the Speeder. Yeah, I mean, this, just watch the video. This is too cool. Like, wait, this is the concept video, isn't it? Yeah, this isn't like actual video, is it? I wouldn't be. I, I couldn't tell the difference. Um, the U.S. Marine Corps could be a potential customer of this futuristic vehicle. Uh, the jet turbine-powered vehicle can travel as 300 miles an hour, 482 kilometers per hour. Makers are ready to take pre-orders already. It took 18 months to build an entirely new flight control software. Uh, I mean, this is just this is amazing stuff. This is where this is going, like speeders, like from, from Star Wars. Yeah, we fucking go team people, we figured this out. The speeder, the P-1 prototype of jetpack aviation, is a jet-powered vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. It can be utilized both as a recreational craft as well as a mission vehicle to work with medical teams and for fire and rescue operations. The P-1 concluded its five months of flight testing in Southern California made during assessing testing. It has set various benchmarks which demonstrated the speeder's ability to take off, climb, hover, yaw, and perform slow transitions into forward flight. The speeder can fly to an altitude of 15,000 feet with a maximum thrust of 12,000 pounds, loaded with cargo 300 miles per hour. Um, however, a manned version will be relatively slower and sure that the pilot can safely see and breathe. Now, here's the thing. At present, the speeder costs three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Get the jetpack stuff off the screen. I want the speeder. Uh, Yeah, so small enough to be transported on a trailer. Does not need to be charged before takeoff, unlike the jetpack. Doesn't need prep before launching. Uh, You just hop on and fly. I like this. Is where the technology is going. This is where super exciting stuff. $380,000. $380,000. They said the price is likely to increase. Yeah, inflation and demand. But thing is, with all of these technologies, the cost is going to go down. Remember, if you're my age, the Nintendo Entertainment System, like the first version was $200. By the time the next one came out, the old ones were selling for $50 a pop. And that's the nature of technology. Cheaper, more widely distributed, more available. Very exciting stuff and uh i guess i guess that that's that's our speeder block that's a wow i i mean i'm i'm blown away uh, yeah what's made possible with this isn't just joy rides it's not like this is going to replace the sea doo no this is going to replace the car there are going to be bigger versions of this there are going to be more practical versions of this. They're going to be cargo carrying versions of this package delivery, medical emergency rescue, medevac, all of that stuff with this technology. This is going. They're going to fight this because it means, Oh, you can't do internal combustions. The oil and gas industry is going to die with this. The road racket, as we know roads, roads, where we're going, we're not going to need roads, baby. This is it roads obsolete all right with that we go to our guest ladies and gentlemen our guest our next guest today for good news friday trent ortner uh from minnesota marine corps veteran started working for npos as a volunteer uh got involved in the liberty movement a couple years ago started small uh, but he said after his daughter was born that was a wake-up call when he asked what will her life be like and taking that as motivation He decided to step up. So what he's working on now is the redacted caucus. And he seems very excited about maintaining a commitment to this as a long term project. As he says, it's not just a caucus. We want to include so much for our capabilities. The intent is to unite liberty minded people and form a real movement to take back what is ours. Trent, welcome to Adam versus the man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Adam. What's going on, man? So I mean, this is this is re- you have a really interesting story, and I'm I'm glad that you know you were able to capture it like this for me in your intro because you hear I'm gonna do something and start a Libertarian Party caucus. Like, wait, no, <laughs> now you hmm. I don't know where you want to start with this. Is is there anything more you want to give us about your backstory about about your daughter, your your family background that that motivated you?
4: Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm exhausted. I've been in the hospital. Um, uh, well, to start off, we're not specifically a libertarian caucus. Um, I, I, I would say our ideology aligns. But um, for, for the, the biggest part is we're, we're trying to stay away from party politics to, to be specific. Um, and with all the infighting and stuff that goes on in all the different political parties, it just seems like more red tape to get through. Uh, and it just it just didn't seem relative to what the rest of uh, us wanted to do. So we started throughout the with the Liberty Movement, and it began in the Boogaloo Movement. But um, that's where the re, the name Redacted comes from from all the people being deplatformed. Um, mm-hmm. And so from there, you know we. Started building. We built our foundation. Got our board together. Got all of our um, our staff and our directors. And now we're starting to charter st- uh, state affiliates. Um, my background. I, I grew up, which is really odd. I grew up really conservative. My um, my parents are law enforcement, and um, well not one of my parents are. Um, but you know, I, I grew up. My grandpa was was a Pentecostal pastor, so I grew up really, really. Um, Really conservative. But when I went to California, when I was stationed out there, I started seeing a different view of stuff and I got that other side of the spectrum that I hadn't had before. Um, And so just from there, uh, we, we really just wanted to build something that could be encompassing for people just outside the Libertarian Party as well. Obviously, we're, we're we're trying. We stay away from bigoted people, people that want to um, accelerate a civil war or instigate one. we we're, even if they're within a liberty movement, we, we put we draw our line there. Um, we're trying to achieve what we all want within you know the Libertarian Party as a smaller government by legal means. Get a seat at the table so that we can in, in, in a way flip the table over and start over. Um, really, you know, uh, our, our core beliefs are, is constitutionalism. We want the constitution as it's read and not how it keeps being misinterpreted by different, uh, people as the time goes on and having our, our, our rights chipped and chopped away. So it, it really, it, we're, we're in the very beginning of it. We just started three months ago. Yeah. Three months, four months ago. So, you know, the future is really what's in the pudding. It'll, 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 It'll change as we all change and as our country, changes, to it, adapt and to evolve and to hopefully what we can, I don't know, be a bright shining light for those who are marginalized and downtrodden.
0: Well, so where do you see this going? I mean, you must have some organizational activity vision beyond, you know. Trolling people on Twitter and things like that, right? Having a social media presence, although there's nothing wrong with that being the focus, even. But when your theme is, at least your sort of mascot, is censorship um, or being anti censorship, you know, how do you see that as a unifier and and, and to what action do you hope to drive people to with it?
4: Um, Honestly, we want to start reaching the the people that haven't been speaking out. in the last twelve or not twelve twelve years in elections, um, we're averaging between thirty four to forty one percent over the last twelve years that where people haven't voted that have been of voting age. Um, this last election, it was on, it was close to ninety million people didn't vote, um, and to me you know we can we can speak to the to the people that already believe the way we believe but we want to reach the people that haven't had a voice and have haven't tried to express their right to vote and express their their voice that's the future for us we we want to start bringing in people that have never thought about being libertarian or believing the way we believe i'm a party member i i, I absolutely believe in the party. I just, I I don't like the way the party politics work and how people, we're all supposed to be on the same team and people want to tear down each other all the time.
0: No, it's very interesting because a lot of times, you know, especially as Marines, (laughs) I mean, I don't, you want to give us your quick military resume? I
4: think I I did did almost uh, eight years, nine years in the Marine Corps. um, Deployed to Afghanistan. Um, I mean, uh, that's basically the the numbers of it. Nothing crazy. Uh, no, nothing, no, that, sure. nothing that many other people didn't do.
0: Sure, uh, sure, no. But my, my, what, I, what I'm getting at though is, is people like us in the Marines, who, the, the you know we are we are uh, inundated with you know a, a very simplistic work harder, fight harder, conflicts mentality. You know, get her done. And, and what you' what you've created, so when, when I see a strategy like what you're doing with this, a part of my brain goes, well, where's the part where the rubber meets the road? Where's the fighting? where's the where's the like And it's like, no, this is like a propaganda tool for freedom that we've that your your team you've created with the redacted caucus that's really just about outreach and communications and creating a branding. And a presence online that's fun and satisfying for you that is a caucus, but it's not really, it's not a registered or organized or functional as a caucus. It's more like the theme and a branding that you've created as as an outreach tool that's sort of like, it's it's a soft touch. It's not like, hey, come sign up for our mailing list and be a part of this and join this. It's like, no, we're the redacted caucus and we have fun with this message that's, that's meaningful to us. And, Hey, we hope that you'll get active and do something with this and we're in the LP and maybe you'll join the LP, but if not, right, do something good with the value that you got out of that. And it's, it's, it's kind of a unique niche in, in the freedom movement activism. And I think it's a great one because a a lot of people are more comfortable with that. And it's, it's, it's you, it's your project and people who want to help you build this brand that you're creating as a, as a gateway to, to more material activism, whatever it is, but it's something that you can own and you can use with enthusiasm to connect with people. And so I, I want to encourage anybody who's, who's watching or listening right now, uh, especially in this COVID era where people are afraid to go out and do, you know, like man on the street videos or, or, or sort of, Oh, well, I couldn't organize events cause it's such a pain in the ass where I live and it's blah. Well, Hey, if you want to figure out a way to have a more meaningful voice online, here's one great example. <laughs> uh, I, I, is that too simplistic a summary of, of what you're, you're doing with this? No,
4: um, no, it's not. Um, we, we, Honestly, we are. Uh, I mean, we, we try to be a boots on the ground type presence. Um, that's one of the biggest parts of us of establishing these state affiliates is to start working on the grassroots and start working with people that are at lower levels and be able to influence the small portions. Go to the areas of the the districts that have low voting rates and start raising awareness where people aren't even paying attention to because they're so worried about, you know, left versus right. They're not actually a, attacking the problem where, where it stands. Um, and to me that, that, that's where our rubber meets road is at the smallest level. We, you know, we're, we're a national organization and we, we are registered though. We're, we're, we're a, we're a registered pack and we're a registered huh. caucus. Okay. But, uh, but we aren't, we, the sole reason behind that wasn't because that we were trying. We're trying to be something that we're not. We're trying to make sure that the the feds can't really get into our business, and it legitimizes our our presence. Because I know in the past, I, I've had the I've had the FBI come knocking at my door for something that I wasn't even involved in in regards to a protest or mm-hmm. a. Um, 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 anything that's going on i saw you saw your video with the fbi so obviously you're a person of interest to them <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if you're not a person of interest to the fbi you must be some kind of boring asshole right <laughs> I,
4: I mean to me that, that's kind of a badge of honor i'm like wow you guys i'm not even doing anything really crazy you, you guys are looking at me awesome
0: (laughs) you're right i I am interesting i I am a person of interest thank you for noticing
4: Uh,
0: well so trent i i want to ask you you know since since you're doing this kind of activism this is how you've chosen to engage you know I, i one of the big existential questions on my mind right now is you know, where are we going after taking this this major step backwards in freedom with the covid racket, the conspiracy of conspiracies over the last year and a half? Um, I don't know if you have any insight, if your take is more or less aligned with mine on this or, or if you if, if you want to explain, you know, your 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 background analysis, but it. it you know is government getting stronger is it flailing as it dies is it both simultaneously should we fight harder than ever you know how do you see that are we getting some kind of teachable moment and see this is this is why i think listen up everybody this kind of activism might be critically important right now just building strong group organized voices i mean like adam versus the man is that i have my team Behind me, doing the show every day, to be be doing even just like Twitter activism to reach people right now when there's so much uncertainty and doubt, and so many people going, I don't know who to trust. To just be a positive influence on the conversation, and if it's fun for you, you're already on. So you're already wasting so much time online, structure it, organize it, have a little more effort to it, and and you can have a big impact. So Trent.
4: Lots yeah. to touch on no no I, I I think we're very much on the same page when it comes to that stuff uh, especially covid and you know I, I, I my daughter's in the hospital right now for RSV and um, there is this huge influx of people that are, are getting sick from RSV because last year everybody was so co- um, quarantined and and put away that our immune system hasn't been out actively fighting the germs that we're supposed to be fighting to be able to stay so, healthy
0: so what is, what is rsv other than respiratory syncytial virus uh and by the way i want i was going to wait to the end but i want to say thank you for for taking the time uh away from your family right now uh at this critical time to join us for this conversation oh it's been a bit of an ongoing struggle for for you um, but can you give us sort of a, a practical understanding, you know, one minute uh, yeah. explanation of what is respiratory syncytial virus?
4: Um, it, 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 it operates along the same lines as like bronchitis, where the, the bronchial sacs kind of fill up with fluid. But it's on a different spectrum from what I've been explained. Um, I, I've, I've been trying to do research on it, but it just keeps bringing me back to the same points of uh, a bronch, uh, a, a, an upper respiratory uh bronchial um in- infection or um an in- inflammation um you know it's it really it's not even rsv it, it, you know my, my point with with what saying that was um the hospitals are packed with people with the people getting um getting diagnosed with this and that's not even COVID anymore. Everybody's talking about the COVID Delta variant, and that I, 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 all the nurses and the staff here are saying, you know, the vast majority of the people that are sick here, and we're at a Children's Hospital, are 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 RSV symptomatic, and um, mm. from some of the very very worst that I, I you, could, you could imagine to some, you know, not so bad kind of asymptomatic, but enough to be in the hospital.
0: Mm. Oh, sorry. So back to the bigger question. Take it away. A response to, to everything else. What were you getting at with the uh, significance of this situation?
4: So, and, and that goes to, like, you know, the the the, 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 the pandemic or the, the scamdemic, as they make it out to be. You know, it, I, I really think that that was really just a building block for what's to come. Um, our government is very much so overreaching, even more so. You know, you got the left that were bitching about Trump, but biden is already stinking his teeth in or the people that work with excuse me i'm sorry that work with biden more and more and more each day they're making they're trying they're trying to make more gun laws um more than ever um in texas alone there were 27 gun laws that were brought to legislation that's where i live um you know, not many of them passed, but that's the most that's ever been brought to the Texas legislator. In I, I can't remember this exact statistic, but it was many, many years. I believe, believe since the Clinton administration. <clears throat> um, and it, to me, it just seems like they're opening a door for people to be called something that they're not. Like, I, I don't know if you've read this White House press briefing or memorandum in regards to DVE, um, domestic violent extremists, um, it, the, they, they label on the left side of the, of the, of the column, you know, all the different, you know, you have your right extremists, your left extremists, and then you have your libertarians in there. And then you have um, all the other, all the other known racist you know, extremists. And then on the very right, there's a box that pretty much encompasses anybody else that doesn't agree with what the government is pushing. Um, And for us, we believe that it is a way to um, label people as terrorists and to incite investigations that they can pretty much do whatever they want with, with that kind of uh, leeway when it comes to like the Patriot Act and whatnot. Once you're labeled a terrorist specifically, government can pretty much do whatever they want there's no there, there's no there's no uh, ballpark estimate of what could be even possibly done as we've seen like in you know in in the military we saw us fighting in mm-hmm. afghanistan for, for terror no, hold
0: on, i want to I point i want i want to point something out about this you're, you're very right to to make this connection between hey they can they they, they have created this precedent or they can slap a label on you and deny you your rights. Mm-hmm. And terrorist was 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 one example of this, right? They could put you in Guantanamo Bay or if you're a domestic terrorist and what's the effect of this? They can deny you due process. Right. They can deny right. you justice. They can, you know, with this excuse, they can convince the operators, the cogs in the machine to carry out their orders to deny you do process, which means to make you a victim, which means that you can be a, a victim of government at any time. They can arbitrarily decide that label applies to you and therefore you don't have any rights, so fuck you, you're our victim now. But here's the thing, they couldn't get away with calling everybody a terrorist, but you know what they can get away with calling half the population now? Unvaccinated. Because mm-hmm. we are.
4: And then next thing you know, you know people that aren't vaccinated are the next in line for being the un- unworthy or unwanted ones.
0: Yeah. By the way, whoosh WTF on Twitch, important point. And I'll connect this to the Britney Spears conservatorship oh, yeah. story, big mainstream shit that everybody, you know, freaked out about last week. Oh, she said, well, it's why it's because mental health shit, the government says, Oh, you're crazy. You don't have any rights. Now we can deny you due process too, because you have been adjudicated to be mentally incompetent or whatever and it's created this weird space where people who have mild mental health issues or uh, even addiction or you know alcoholism type addictions or behavioral addictions or issues are afraid to seek treatment because now nah, check now nah, nah, you're one of them oh you've had you've been depressed you've got the sad's and then we're going to put you on pills but we're also going to make a note of this in your legal record and say oh well you know he's down. maybe we can deny them their rights later and so that's that's the bigger thing is that concept of <clears throat> terrorism that was established 9/11 as the excuse right to uh, for the Patriot Act to create this second class of citizens and everybody at the time was upset but well that's probably not us. Oh well that's yeah. just the, the, the terrorists well now they're going oh shit it could be could be everybody. They, you, you're you, Either you're on pills, you're crazy, you're unvaccinated, you're a COVID mythology skeptic. What, what is that, 90% of the population at least right there?
4: At least, at the very least. And, you know, people want to talk about, well, America would never do that. Look what happened to the Germans and Japanese in World War II. I mean, that's just the latest that, you know, what, look what happened to so-called communists uh, Martin Luther King and uh, the coin Intel with the FBI. I mean, we've been doing this every decade. It, it's something it's always something new that if they if they want to label it as something, they can frame it. They have all the all the money in, in the world to frame it and box it and and, and sell it as, as more than any corporation out there. So, you know, if you're looking at all the different things that you're buying from, you know, Amazon or wherever and how all of our ads are being uh are being uh, dictated to us based on what we are, what we're searching. The government can do better than that. They, they can convince people that you are this or you are that. It's like the Germans did in World War II uh, or before World War II, well before that, you know, the, all, all, of, all of these, all the Jews, when they were persecuted, it didn't start with the government that was necessarily persecuting. It was their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that, that got into, um, mass information flow uh, when Joseph Goebbels wanted to um, put a radio in every German house and he, that way he was able to to control the narrative exactly how he wanted to do it and now we're seeing a even more um, adapted evolved and in- intelligent way of doing the same thing to the American people and Americans are complacent as fuck like they are all of us and it's what's sad is you know, they small two or three or four percent of the population that are trying to speak out and reach out are going to be the first ones knocked off. And then what's next then? So, yes, I absolutely believe that the government is moving faster, quicker and in a more uh, directional route to take control of what they need to do to be able to um, inhibit anybody from from acting or from um, speaking out. You
0: know, they well, hold about- on. Hold on. Well, I, I do want to challenge some of your language there because I think you're more optimistic than you make it sound at heart. Are you not?
4: I, I, I have to be, and, and and to be able to be able to, to hope for a better future, I have to remain optimistic. Yes. Otherwise, you know, if if I if I didn't have any hope left, I wouldn't be doing this.
0: Yes, exactly. And and so I, I want to kind of point out that while right now. Uh, it's tempting to say, and I, I kind of want to correct you on your language without being a dick about it, you know. Okay. Um, but then when, when you say, like, government is doing this or is going to do this, I, I think we need to be precise with our language and not make those as predictions or present them as inevitabilities because we see governments working towards those things, right? Or just you know, um, test ballooning, right? It's a lot, right. a lot of times it's well, we, the government is thinking, well, we want to get away with as much evil shit as they can. Let's talk about all the evil things that we could do and see which one they have the least negative response to. And we'll pursue that. And that's one of the reasons it's important to speak out and to put that that public opinion limit when government is always pushing. Can we get away with this? Can we get away with this? Can we get away with that? But in in, in the bigger picture, I think, you know, government is is more desperate and dangerous and in a way more delicate than ever. It is more fragile and prone to shatter or prone to at least major reform and realignment. So I wanna take the last few minutes that we have together to give you a chance to share like what you think are the positive angles or, or what are the, even the negative angles that lead people in your online outreach to more positive conclusions for example, you know, uh you know, hitting people with covid data. I'm not saying that's it or pointing out this hypocrisy or this contradiction. You know, what are the opportunities that you see in the work of the radical caucus and and, and other uh, you know, online messaging activists the, the
4: redacted caucus. <laughs> <laughs> um so no, um yeah, well, I, I I do agree with you that I do believe the government is more fragile and I believe that they are reaching more and more and more. I, I, I you know, you can see it in some of just the BS that they're trying to put out and I think the positive sides of it is I think there are people that are actually becoming more and more and more involved. The only downside I see to that is it's being they're becoming more involved in a thousand different directions. Um, What I believe would be a better outcome and a a better way to fight back would be to be on a more united front. Um, Because, I mean, as long as they continue doing these divisive tactics and making people um, feel like, this guy over here is a bad guy because I've heard he's a bad guy. Like this morning, somebody called us on our Twitter, uh, racist. And I was like, how, in what way have we ever embold- emboldened people to be racist or wanted people to be racist? We've never even spoken about that. Um, and it just shows that how people can, can easily reach conclusions. And with the way that social media works, the, 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 the ability to spread that message on a, on a large scale is just astronomical. The message is the medium. And that's the thing that we need to remember going forward is the medium for people to want to um, push forward and to fight back is going to be a united message. It doesn't have to be the same people or the same groups or we don't have to cross party lines necessarily, but we definitely need to have some unification in order for us to have a chance, because yes, we have we have I, I believe it's the, the 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 fourth or fifth most guns p- with us in the world as far as the citizens go, which is great. That's a that's a huge start. We don't we can beat F fifteen and nukes. Um, look at Afghanistan for the past twenty years mm-hmm. and look at Iraq. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they they those people for the most part had the education level of like a sixth or seventh grader when it comes to actual institutionalized or modern education. Um, I, I think that, and we think that it is really important for people to stop drawing conclusions about other people and other groups and, and focuses to being something that they don't like because it is something that is endangering their power or it takes away from their base or they need to start working together and coming together um you know I, I that's one like one going back to my original point that's one of the biggest problems i've seen in in the lp is you have so many different people with all these different great ideas and nobody wants to focus energy on these ideas they just want to take them singularly and focus on them by themselves
0: mm. Any advice for someone who's looking to amplify their voice and have that role online?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, on, honestly, like I said, we, we try to be more boots on the ground. We just started our Twitter account not too long ago, um, and we are, you know, constantly trying to reach people. So I think, like I said, the message is the medium. You want to portray a message that are, that are going that is going to attract people. You want to, you know, like you were talking about, honey Honey draws more flies than, um, than, than a lasso, as I stated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's a, an inside joke for reference to an earlier text conversation between me and <laughs> friends. <laughs>
4: so, I mean, you got you to you put the honey out there and you got to show people like, hey, look, this is what we're about. Forget the name. Forget the identifier. Forget who we are. Listen to our message and what we have to say. And like what we're trying to push. Yes.
0: Yes. All right. Well, the best way to connect with you guys, uh, is there anything other than Twitter right now that you would want to advertise? we got that link on screen. Show that up here. So it's at caucus redacted on Twitter. Brent, uh, anything else?
4: Well, uh, I would say Facebook and Instagram, but we just got banned from them again. So um, <laughs> it, it's looking like Twitter's going to be our focus. We're, we're trying to start doing some informative TikTok videos. Um, we're still getting the ball rolling on that. Uh, it, it's got a huge market and people pay attention to it. So if we can put some meaningful messages behind it instead of just being a bunch of bullshit. Uh, that's something that we're trying to do, too. Um, and you can always reach us there. I, I will always reply back to you. Um, I always will um, reach out. If anybody has any, any wants or needs when it comes to um, activism in your community, reach out. We are more than welcome. If anybody has any problems, things that they want to address, we're handling two um, gun charge cases um, right now. In regards to um, and, and another one that we have going on, too, um, in regards to people's rights being infringed upon at a direct level in uh, sanctuary states and counties to, to on that. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you want to learn, if you want to do, we're definitely not the best, but we definitely have the most spirit.
2: <laughs>
4: awesome. Trent, thank you so much for joining us and for taking the time.
0: Uh, while your daughter's in the hospital, tell her uh, we send our love and best wishes and navigating what she's dealing with right now, and to your whole family. Thank you for joining us.
4: Yeah, thank you, brother.
0: Take care, everyone. Ooh, ooh, bra. All right, All uh, right, let's get Joey back up here for a second. Joey, I need I need some more COVID vitamins. Oh,
2: dude, man, good good news Friday. It's been a little been a little dark, but, but you know.
0: Well, it's tough talking to Trent, you know, when he's coming to us from a hospital and under challenging circumstances, um, and, but but you can tell even despite that, you know, he's got a great attitude and has, has created just a, a cool example of, uh, you know, a way to, to connect with people. And I think that just, hey, if, if you're going to spend time online on social media, they're in there I know there are people in my audience who are like this because they watch the show and while they're watching, they're reading stuff on the news, they're posting stuff on social media, and that's cool. I totally support that. If you can absorb this and get what you need from me that way and and be doing multiple things, I think, hey, it's better to listen to me while you're doing chores. You know, like, you or working out if that's what's fun for you or while you're driving. Um, But... Uh, or your
2: while
0: you on network is it, or while you're <laughs> sitting around smoking weed right um, but I, there are a lot of people who who feel that they are are compelled to engage on Twitter or Facebook uh, or even through memes and comments on Instagram and you're fucking low vibration bullshit wasting your time if if you're doing it in a thoughtless way if you're not building Um, a brand or, or creating some original content or pushing some effective content in a targeted way. You're just inspire
2: people. Like I can't even, I can't even knock on the, you know, the, the the Karens that, that post their recipes and their, their makeup tutorials and they know you are inspiring people. You're doing good things. It's, it's have a message of some sort, no matter what it is, don't get stuck into the Stupid
0: debates and mindless comments and wasting your time, and it's not hard to just say, "Well, I'm going to be instead of Adam Kokesh when I'm on the internet, I'm going to be Adam versus the man." <laughs> you know, like yeah, like that's that's kind of okay. This started as a radio show, but it was still just like, "Well, this this is going to be my voice in the conversation as someone who cares." And you know, I think of someone like Trent. He's just a Marine veteran. Who gives a fuck? He's not pretending to be anything that he's not. He's not pretending to be any kind of expert or communicate. He's just, I want a voice in the conversation because I have something righteous and important to say, and I'm going to get in there. I'm going to say it with confidence. And there are a lot of people in our movement who get sucked into that low vibration. Well, I go to this Mm. Facebook flame work shit. And it's like, you could be, you could be on Facebook, talking to, to to normies or talking to people who who aren't woke to this and, and and doing it in some meaningful way and that's that's what I love about the Redacted caucus concept um, healthy disrespect says this is multitasking today was greenhouse shopping
2: greenhouse shopping I dig it I dig it it's a good it's a good way to listen to uh, Adam versus the man oh good news on our live stream because I got to be honest comment contests not one entry, not a lot of viewers today. Uh, people aren't going into Twitch. I don't know what's going on, but um, Ed and I were just doing some research. Brighteon will be doing live broadcasts as of August 28th, so something to look forward to. And We already have a presence on there with small clips. We're going to be getting My some more uh, yeah, com. Brighteon is coming through on uh, August 28th. We should have Starlink by then, and Brighteon, and, and some awesome things, and I'm stoked. I'm stoked to get, get over right. the uh, technical humps here, at least.
0: All right. Keep the comments coming. Whatever whatever you want. Funniest comment, best comment. Hey, I entered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, celebrating this weekend by filing USC 18242 tips to the FBI.
2: I don't know what that document is, but it sounds uh, <laughs> ominous. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, there's a website. You can send in tips to the FBI. It makes it, The public has uh, deprivation of rights under color of law. Yeah, no, the FBI has a tip line website form. Um, and and I think when I was reaching out, I've done everything except call at this point. And I think I'm getting ready to maybe call the FBI field office in Phoenix and ask for uh, Trevor our FBI, but
2: Trevor.
0: It'll Trevor. It'll What's try. his last name? I was forget. He's got a, his last name that's like a common last name, but off by one letter. So however, remember it. Uh, but yeah, Trevor, our friend from the FBI who visited, uh, I might just call him and ask for a meeting. Matt Bax, will be going door to door to encourage people to get vaccinated.
2: I hope that's the only answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of troll contest, Matt. Thank you, Jill. All right, Joey. Keep those comments coming up on screen. We're going to get to the next block of good news here. Follow up from yesterday. Remember, I I wasn't sure if it was parody or not. Dailyrecord.co.uk has this. Scott's cop called officers for help after being pursued by drone, but dot in sky was actually Jupiter. Yeah, this was, this was a real story. Um, and I, I, I thought this was, uh, I really thought this could have been a parody, like someone making fun of cops. I was like, no, this is, yeah, it was only after a drawn out pursuit that she sought help from senior officers who told her it was just Jupiter some 365 million miles away. Like when you thought cops couldn't be any more dumb or embarrassing No, this is real. A rookie Scots police officer feared she was being pursued for miles by a drone, but the bright light in the sky was actually a planet.
2: It's not even moving Uh, and she thinks it's pursuing her. Like what kind was there some that's only happened to me on LSD. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna like
0: (laughs) The Dozy PC had left a Glasgow police station at about midnight on Tuesday and noticed the object in the sky following her. She tried to lose the drone as she drove towards the shopping complex at the Ford just off MB, uh, or M8, excuse me. She called the General Police Scotland complaints number on 101 and told the call handler she was being followed by a drone along the M8 and couldn't lose it. The officer who was in her first two years of service was told to return to her station where she would be met by a senior officer. She was found standing in the police yard with her hood up Trying to hide from the drone, and pointed out the bright white dot in the sky. They told her it was Jupiter, which is often visible on a clear night. Uh, Yeah, Uh, a police source said the talk. The story is the talk of the steamy at her station. That's that's a Britishism I have not heard. Talk of the steamy. Nobody can quite believe it. she was very alarmed and spooked that she was being followed by a drone. Quote, everyone was quite concerned, so you can imagine the red face and embarrassment felt when it was pointed out that the bright light falling her was a planet millions of miles away. Uh, this is going to haunt her for years. Tom Wood, not Tom Woods, a uh, retired deputy chief constable of the former Lothian and Borders police to the story, reminded him of a similar incident years ago. He said a young officer discovered it was an old boss wrapped in a rag and reported as being a Ming dynasty boss worth thousands. It wasn't, of course, and from that day on, he was known as Ming. This young lady will probably find herself with the nickname for the rest of her career. The story will be told in years to come. The real test is how she handles it. A police Scotland spokesman said officers quickly established there was no criminality and were able to reassure the woman involved. Oh, okay. so the real test is how she handles it, not how her employers handle it. Like, oh, yeah, a woman like this, we can keep her on the force. Oh, my gosh. This just reminds me of the story we covered years ago where the Supreme Court upheld a police department in Connecticut's right to discriminate based on having too high intelligence. Uh, An applicant for a job applied and took the IQ test and scored too high and was disqualified from being a police officer, he sued and lost. The thin blue line is not made up of the best and brightest. Plenty of good, well-intentioned people doing bad things. Stupid people being suckered into doing evil things. Wu's WTF just shows how oblivious of their surroundings some people are. Uh, Not just oblivious to surroundings, but just don't, I mean, did did you not get like a basic astronomy class in elementary school that like, yeah, you know, there are lights in the sky sometimes that are planets. You just missed that one entirely. I mean, it's, 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 it's shocking that the system at one time allows people to exist and be so dumb. And then the other on the other side and I don't want to say give them guns because the, I I pray she is not in one of the armed elements of the British police force I'm sure she's not because uh, most of them are, are are not armed with firearms and that's generally a good thing uh, mad Baxley's depressed she didn't shoot Pluto yeah no, it's because this is like they, they know that cops shouldn't be armed at least in Britain uh let's see what I did there yeah. oh Pluto the dog yeah didn't shoot Yeah, meh, yeah, meh. Yeah. A couple extra levels to that one, Matt. So, bigthink.com. Archaeologists identify contents of ancient Mayan drug containers. Scientists use new methods to discover what's inside drug containers used by ancient Mayan people. Uh, discover that a non-tobacco plant was mixed in by the smoking Mayans. Uh, so, what did they say this was? I think Joey shared this uh, but they said they, they found different psychoactive, non psychoactive plants used by the Maya and other previous uh, or pre Columbian societies. So, the analysis, according to one of the study authors, the analysis methods developed in collaboration between the Department of Anthropology and the Institute of Biological Chemistry give us the ability to investigate drug use in the ancient world like never before. Just another cool story. Uh, of this whole area of research that is opening up. Yes.
2: I got to cut in because we were having a discussion, remember about how cannabis has gotten better over time. Like you had the dirt weed in the seventies. And, now and it, it, I think you said, you said cannabis has never been this good. And I would argue that back in Mayan times when they had time to farm and focus on this, that, they
0: had that dank, yo, you know no, 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 no. yes, yes and no. I would stand by my statement, Joey, that the weed has never been that this good, but they have always been able to make extracts by yeah. finger hash. And therefore yeah, you have pure trichome extract, even though you have shitty ditch weed, you can make extremely high quality, pure potency, whatever uh finger hash. And for people who don't know what I mean by finger hash, um finger hash is almost like in like an old tradition at this point because there's so much so finger hash, if 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 you take the bud of 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 a plant or or even leftover trimmings and you roll it in your hand, the sticky stuff sticks to your hand and piles up in layers. And then you can roll your hands like this and roll it off in little nugs. Or, or strips, or even make massive balls and chunks of it this way. And it, it is, um, yeah, you got some dead skin cells in there. The but FDA it's, would it's not be happy with it. Like, yeah, right. Well, I mean, if you sterilize your hands first or, or wash them thoroughly, it's perfectly safe. You're still going to get some dead skin, but it's not unless you have open sores you on your stop, hands. Children, you can also. That's do this true. No, no. And in modern times, a lot of you've seen people, although, I, I tried to do it when I was growing with with latex rubber gloves and they rip like they they're not strong enough. Um, I, you may, there's some gloves you can use to do this, I'm sure, and then it's fine, whatever. But um, in in ancient times, they would have been able to do that much oh. easier than um, isolate strains or even isolate. Genders of cannabis plants. You are
2: dealing I- with nature too, so you've got all the you know factors of. But but it, it, cannabis was a plant in nature, and we, America, and convinced the rest of the world took that out of the ecosystem. And it's like we have no idea. We we don't like what how prevalent it was, how potent it was prior to its removal from the earth, literally. Um, and, well, and even I, even in those
0: pre-Columbian societies, there there was massive uh, genetic uh, agricultural domestication of wild plants. Um, and, and it's funny people look at broccoli and go, "Well, it's natural." Broccoli is nowhere fucking near natural. Carrots, carrots? Are you fucking kidding me? No, 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 no. Humans made carrots—long orange sticks from you know little scraggly root stems. Um, you know, you think about all, all, all these, uh, you know, plants that we have domesticated. Cannabis is just one extreme example at this point. But in the, in the natural world, in, in pre-Columbian times, they probably had significant, uh, you know, agricultural development of mm-hmm. cannabis. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, Susan, to find out that all four of them, Habitually separated the male plants from the female plants, and were able to grow Sensimia even mm-hmm. in pre-Columbian times. But so either I'm- way, the the uh, existence of finger hash squares this circle for us, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that too. And and they they probably figured out how to heat up and decarb the weed too for edibles. Here's to the Mayans.
0: Although so they were wrong favorite. on that whole 2012 day, I got there. <laughs> All right. A few more fun good news stories, goodnewsnetwork.org. Mussels, uh, the other kind, M-U-S-S-E-L-S. Mussels can help filter microplastics out of our oceans without any harm to the mollusks. Mollusks are the category in which mussels fall. instead of shelling out for a water filtration plant get it shelling out uh mussels constant filter feeding is being tested as a potential wide-scale application for microplastic cleanup in our oceans beyond blind blind their humble evolutionary stature the muscle can do something that humanity could only achieve by spending millions on equipment and that is cleaning microplastics smaller than five millimeters out of the ocean. A voracious filter feeder muscles absorb microplastics and then excrete them while doing no harm to the organism. Microplastics are devilish pollutants that can come from tire wear, fracture off long floating plastic debris, or get pulled off artificial textiles and end up in the ocean via sewage. They're so small that they, they often require Fineness of a net in order to collect them ensures that any marine life, even tiny ones, will be collected as well. Sorry if I misread that. They are so small that often the required fineness of a net in order to collect them ensures that any marine life, any tiny ones, will be collected as well. And kids, if you've never looked at ocean water under a microscope, it is not clear like what Jim is showing there. The water in the ocean is full of stuff living marine life, lots of microorganisms floating in it as well that are now smaller than the pollution we're talking about. So uh, they're doing a study looking to see how much they can do this, what the large practical uh, application is. Uh, a blog entry from biologists at our EPA suggests that one adult mussel can filter feed through 15 gallons of water a day and that a six mile bed of mussels can remove 25 tons of particulate in a year now i wonder how this actually works are they just dissolving it and releasing it back in it says it's being excreted back out while nanoplastics can pass through the mussels membranes and into their limited anatomy the microplastics are too large to harm them at the levels they are currently found in the oceans so as uh, one of the uh authors behind this says this has been a really exciting experiment because we always hope that muscles would have the capacity to filter out microplastics but they do it really well and they do it without harming themselves so this is a very cool way like and this is why like, I, I mean I, I, as much as i am a tree i have a fucking long hair i can say long look i got i got i got a legit this is a ponytail you can see at the same time as my face i have a ponytail I'm a legitimate long-haired tree-hugging hippie now before this I was a short-haired tree-hugging hippie which is a rare variety but it's still a thing but as as a legitimate long-haired tree-hugging hippie I am uh, not too worried about uh, like a a lot of the pollution that's happening right now because I mean I am I'm concerned I don't want to say I'm not worried I'm I'm very worried But I'm not worried that, oh, my God, we're not getting government to jump in and do something about it because there are so many better high tech free market alternatives where we're going to be able to innovate our way out of this mess. Whereas, if anything, government is preventing this innovation and government is entrenching or maintaining the entrenchment still of the oil and gas and auto industries. So it is just it is very exciting to see, oh, muscles. Yeah, we've had them all along. We're just gonna put those in the ocean, and they're gonna eat out all the micro. I mean, okay, so it's not gonna deal with the garbage islands, but all the microplastics in the water itself. Oh wow, really exciting possibility. We're just gonna make a lot of mussels, delicious. Uh, my vegetarianism only extends to animals that have faces. Okay, if you don't have a face, I'm gonna eat you. GoodNewsNetwork.org. Students in <coughs> excuse me, student invents toilet that converts poop into energy and pays in digital currency if you help fill it. Yeah, someone put that together. One man's trash is another man's treasure, they say. Well, in a South Korean school, one man's poo is another man's pennies. The invention of a toilet that composts human excrement and turns it into methane biogas for use in the school's energy system... As the students, they're reevaluating waste like never before, as so the amount of waste they contribute to the electric bills is returned to them in the form of a digital currency. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, bought, I don't think um, Bitcoin toilets are how we're going to solve any of these bigger problems, but this is such a cool example of these overlapping technologies being put together in such a way that you can turn shit into digital gold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tweaktown.com has our next headline. NASA, I forget where we, this came in the producer's club, didn't it? Uh, NASA on high alert after moon changes orbit, high flooding projected. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, Good news or not. Cool that we can detect this nasa is on high alert after the moon's orbit slightly changed and now the space agency is warning that there may be flooding nasa has announced that the change in the moon's orbit may cause a dramatic increase in the number of floods across the united states according to the space agency over the next decade it's expected that the moon's change in orbit will cause an increase in the number of floods on almost all continental beaches in the usa hawaii and guam the wobble from the moon is expected However, combined with climate change, the space agency says coastal cities all around the US begin a decade of dramatic increases in flood numbers. I'm skeptical. We'll see about that. Isn't this? Well, what has anybody looked back at Al Gore's predictions? Weren't the oceans supposed to rise up and kill all the beaches by now? Trust.org, news.trust.org, this is Thompson Reuters. Iraq War Marine walks U.S. Mexico border to protest deportation of veterans. Just a quick celebration of some righteous, uh, creative, if not necessarily hitting the, uh, striking the root kind of activism. When U.S. military veteran Ramon Castro began meeting deported veterans living along the U.S. Mexican border, not far from his home in Southern California, he knew that but for a piece of paper proving his citizenship, he could have been one of them. He is now in the middle of a 2,000-mile trek across the length of the frontier to draw attention to the plight of U.S. veterans sent back to their countries of birth, some as a result of infractions like drug use that Castro said are associated with mental health struggles. Between 2013 and 2018, about 250 veterans were deported or placed in deportation proceedings according to a government accountability office report. Advocates say the total number of deported veterans may be far higher. When the snake eating its tail is the individual suffering of veterans, I'm not for it. And if this is fighting for not deporting people, I'm for it. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you weren't aware, this is a crazy quirk of the system that a lot of people uh, who serve in the military still end up, getting deported afterwards crazy shit uh joey i think you want to jump up here for this last story i think you shared this one in on the producers club 100 pound tropical fish yeah. discovered on a beach in oregon was that yeah, you man That's, uh... where did you find this is cnn.com but where did you find this are you you're not trolling cnn for freak of nature stories, are you? No, no. You had a pixel. Remember, you
2: could swipe, you could swipe right and get the news stories. All like just the Google headlines that they give you every day. It just mm-hmm. popped up in my my Google recommended, and I mean, wow! Like, and I want to know, like that looks like something that started in someone's aquarium <laughs> and got flushed. Yeah, like like, an I'm thinking Nemo. Yeah.
0: Right? It's the equivalent like, of an escaped goldfish, but from Cuba. <laughs>
2: probably
0: not probably not but don't wreck my disney fantasy with this fish well it's it's a moon fish um 100 pounds i mean it's like a giant silver and orange platter with little fins sticking out really beautiful thing um related article jim put that other disturbing graphic up there (laughs) a monstrous (laughs) looking fish normally found thousands of feet deep in the ocean Watched up on a California beach Oh my yeah. god, that's
2: one of the things With the little, the little hook Broke. And the lights yeah. at the, My kid yeah. loves
0: those yeah. things he the draws all the time oh. All right, um, Joey, do you have a comment contest Winner for today?
2: I, I, we're going door to door Encouraging everybody to get the vaccine <laughs> The truth vaccine No <laughs> We need to come up with a clever name
0: uh, oh, what it We're going to say, like, maybe we had so many good comment contests. We're going to have to come back to you next week. Like, best response when someone knocks on your door about the vaccine. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. Joey. I will be home in two days, dear. Yay. I can't wait to see you. And Gardenia, and the puppies. Thank you for the wonderful, what?
2: Dry face. Oh, yeah. Don't
0: worry about me. Worry about them. All right. I'll see you soon. Thank you for another wonderful Good Friday show. And with that,
1: Jim, give us the producer notes. Okay, here we go. Thank you uh, for watching, everybody. t.me forward slash Adam Man has all the links, so you can check out that cool-looking fish if you want to afterwards. Patreon.com forward slash Adam vs. Man That's how you can support the show. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom is where you can have a visual orgasm. Uh, HomefrontBattleBuddies.com is the best veterans nonprofit Tax-deductible donations. the crypto 6com has Mr. Nobody sitting in a cage waiting on you to write him a letter. And go gogreenenergyonline.com. It's the best website for do-it-yourselfers looking to learn more about getting self-sustained solar panels. Love you all. Have a great weekend. Take care. On this day in
0: 1904, according to goodnewsnetwork.org, the ice cream cone was invented by Charles E. Menches on the occasion of the Louisiana Purchase Exposition in St. Louis, Missouri. And more than 25 countries on this day in 1982, the year of my birth, joined together to end commercial whaling, following more than a decade of public pressure. With that, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.